Hello and welcome to another live episode of the Empire of the Cop podcast. Uh, we're back again today with Steve Carson, Peter Kenny Jones, and myself, your host, Farrell Keeling. Uh, it's been a very, very busy start uh, to the transfer window, but apparently, according to reports, that is it on the Liverpool front. Darwin Nunes, Fabio Carvalho, and Soon, hopefully, a bid has been accepted and medical's on the way uh, for Aberdeen's Calvin Ramsey. Steve, what, what do you make of the... We'll start with what you made of the window before we go into specifics in terms of whether we should you know, expand on a uh, further sort of transfer options. What, what, what do you make of those three? It's hard to complain, isn't it? I mean, Cavallio, you know, young lad, sort of in that Harvey Elliott mould of, you know, he could go on and be... You know, a bit of a world beater. He already, already looks like he could do a job for the first team. So I'm excited to see how he does next season, uh, especially after a full pre-season under the year and clock with some of the players haven't enjoyed that yet, uh, including Luis Diaz. It'd be interesting to see how he does as well. He's still a relatively new addition to the squad too. It's, it's hard to be kind of upset with the transfer window at the minute because the last time we were talking on the podcast, uh, Nunes was just an idea. Uh, he's now signed for the club. You know, he will become, uh, well, he, he effectively is a Liverpool player. So, all sorted there. You know, we were thinking about Mane leaving, Origi leaving. You know, obviously Mane's not out the door yet. He's got one foot out the door. He's not out the door yet. Uh, so, we can't really say too much on that yet. But, Nunez coming in, great. You know, I've been saying for a while that I think we need a proper plan B up front. And, and Nunez is a bit different. I don't know whether he's going to be that plan B. It could be a slight change of tact uh, for Liverpool going forward next season. But, you know, Nunez, you know, he's a bit of a big lad, a bit of a target. You know, Trent's going to get quite a bit of joy whipping balls into him. It's going to be exciting to see what we're going to do next season. I mean, you know, there's there's the suggestion uh, from from um, Paul Joyce in the Times that that is now going to be Liverpool's um window done, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit more depth shortly. But, I mean, that's just... That's what the club says. The club says a lot of things at the end of the day. And if, if things move, if potentially we lose a midfielder, uh, I could see maybe bringing plans forward. The club showed this sort of flexibility in the past. So, yeah, I'm not concerned at all. I'm excited about the new lads coming in. Uh, Ramsey looks like he could be a, a nice little gem um, coming through in the squad. Sort of that kind of player we've been lacking on that right-hand side for, for a while now. He's young. You know, he's going to be doing a lot of work with Trent, a lot of work. But yeah, again, it's it's a very exciting time to be a Liverpool fan. Like we've said throughout the entirety of the season that's just finished, it's an exciting time to be a Liverpool fan. No, absolutely. I mean, the Calvin Ramsey point um, is particularly Interesting. I was reading a piece earlier from uh, David Malik of The Mirror and he was talking about Klopp and the coaching staff not looking at him purely as an understudy to Trans Alexander-Arnold, but they actually think he has attributes that would be well suited um, to a midfield role as well. So when, when we're talking about the midfield, which is one area we'll be going, as uh, Steve mentioned, into more depth uh, further on, um, we've actually got quite a bit more depth than we perhaps, you know, initially sort of realised. You know, you've got Fabio Cavallo and obviously he is intended uh, for initially for the forward line. Um, but, I, I mean, Pete, I'm, I'm going to get your, your opinion first quickly on, on, on the signings we've made. And, and do, is that for you a good window or have you kind of the mindset of we, we could have done more? Um, no, I think we all obviously know if Sadio Mane goes, it'd be stupid of us not to replace him. I thought, um, obviously, a few people have thought that um, Luis Diaz was the replacement and we'd done it early, so I was a bit worried maybe that we wouldn't 
get someone in or maybe wouldn't go and like break the bank as we have basically and get someone of, of the price tag of, of Darwin Nunes. But I think it is it's good to go and get him. Obviously Fabio Carvalho we basically knew he was coming in January. Obviously it, it started a bit maybe find out around fair but it was gonna happen. But you know, to get him in is obviously good and he's gonna help the front three and the midfield. I think them two are very good. And we've all looked at their right back position and you know at, at the moment we've still got Nico Williams. You don't know whether he's gonna be loaned or sold or whatever's gonna to happen to him. And we've got Connor Bradley coming through who's um you know, he's, he's a similar age to, to what Calvin Ramsey is, so he's going to be both putting pressure on Trent, which will help, and also mean he can have a bit of a rest. But obviously, the good thing with Trent is that he probably won't feature a lot for, for England in the World Cup, so he'll probably have a bit more of a, a break in the middle of the season, even if he's end up travelling to Qatar. But, yeah, I think it, it is good. It's positive when it's all been done early, which I think is what Klopp always wants to do, because that pre-season is massive for his squad. And um, to know that we'll get Darwin Nunes, you know, he's got time now to settle into to Liverpool. You get to have a little holiday probably. Then he'll get his pre-season and then the season will start. So he's got the full experience before, you know, rather than just getting thrown in at the deep end in August. So, yeah, I think it is all good. And, yeah, the ideal part is that we move quickly. And I think, you know, it was clear that we, we wanted Nunes. We had the price we wanted to pay. We weren't going to bid against anyone else and we wanted them quickly and, and it happened. So, you know, we're in a strong position. And people want to join us, and, and that's been shown by yeah how quickly we've we've worked so far. No, absolutely. I've got a comment there from Darren. Uh, three top-rated young players, all for less than a hundred million pounds, already coming in the first week of the transfer window. Uh, yeah, I'm well happy. Yeah, very much sort of feeding off, off your point there, Pete. You know, because it, it, it's fundamentally get this business done effectively six days into the transfer window. You know. Dust your hands off. That's it. That's done. You know, that's all sorted. Three sort of quality young additions um, to the squad. Um, it's pretty remarkable uh, from, from Julian Ward having stepped in now as our sporting director uh, from the reliable, trusted hands of Michael Edwards. Um, I mean, I'm going to quickly get a little rating from you for, from this, this transfer window before we move into the midfield conundrum. Out of 10, how, how do you feel about it? Uh, what am I going first? That's all right, Steve. Um, um, at the moment, we haven't sold Mane, so the, the dream scenario for me would be that Mane stays and we have the best attack that's ever existed. So I think the midfield's fine, really, and I'm not too worried about the, the three that we've got and the fact that we've still got the likes of Milner. Harvey Elliott will feature a lot more next season. If you say Fabio Carvalho, we don't know if he's going to be a winger or maybe like Harvey Elliott and play him one of the three. So... I'm happy with the squad there, I think, yeah. It, it can only get better by adding people. I think, obviously, losing Mane will be a massive blow. So, in the expectation that that will happen, I'll just say, you know, give it a nine. It seems pretty good. We've got a good team. We've made it a bit better. And even if Mane, if Mane stays, it's a ten. But I don't see that happening. But, yeah, I think what we've got now is more than good enough for, for next season. No, absolutely. I'd be inclined to to agree with you there. But I mean, I mean, Steve, how are you feeling? Are you feeling sort of similarly optimistic about it? Do you think the club sort of missed a trick? No, I, th- I think Pete's right. I think it comes down to the quality that the squad's already got. You don't have to add a great deal to Liverpool to have a brilliant transfer window. You just have to add little bits here and there. Obviously, with the idea that Sadio Mane is on the way out, you know, Diaz is already at the club, so it, it's somewhat comfortable in that respect. As comfortable as you could be losing a player like Sadio Mane, which, you know, in all likelihood seems to be the case at this point. Um, you know, it's... It could be a hell of a lot worse, and you know it, it does just come down to the quality that we've already got. I mean, if you were to say, "Oh, we've got rid of Mane, we brought in 
Um, Nunes, you know, it's an exciting player, but, you know, losing one of the best players in the world, Sadio Mane, and then we're bringing in two kids as well, effectively. You know, there, there would be, <coughs> you know, complacency maybe there. Um, but, you know, as Pete said there as well, the squad that we've got is brilliant. Um, and you, you can't really complain as a Liverpool fan. I, I think I think you'd be a little bit spoiled, to be honest with you, if, if you were complaining as a Liverpool fan at the minute. We've got the best squad that we've ever seen at the club at the minute. Um, it, it's brilliant. Uh, we've added to it, you know, young players, as, we, as we've said. And it's an exciting time. If, if I had to give it a number, um, I think I'd give it, you know, a, a sceptical... Seven and a half, eight. Um, I mean, I always feel a bit weird about rating the transfer windows before players have kicked balls, uh, basically. Uh, if Nunes smashes in 10 goals in his first 10 games, then it's a 10. If he fails to score uh, by January, then it's, you know, that sort of sceptical seven comes back into play, you know. Still, young player, so even if he does have a bit of a mis- misfortune at the beginnings, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine in the long run. No, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I mean what interests me is if you look at sort of the available sort of what you classify as the senior sort of Liverpool uh, midfielders, you've got roughly nine, you know, there you've got Milner, Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, so on and so forth. Uh, and then you know, a beautiful sort of blend of youth uh, coming in. We've just got a comment here from Stephen Walker uh, saying, oh, do you think we need midfielders? I'm a bit worried about the ageing midfield players. And, you know, it, it'd be right to bring that up. You know, we do have sort of that ageing core. You know, James Milner has been signed to a one-year contract. Um, so we're looking at either him leaving next summer or being drafted into um, a coaching role, that sort of coaching pathway. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Thiago will both be... 32 years old uh, next year, Fabinho will be 30. Um, so we definitely, I think you can understand the club looking at next summer at the very least and going, okay, that's when we're going to look at, to make that our priority to strengthen that particular um, department. And you sort of look at the options being discussed. You know, Jude Bellingham is first and foremost on that list because Borussia Dortmund simply won't want to sell both Haaland and Bellingham in the same window, which is completely understandable. They'd be more amenable to that prospect of losing him next summer and you'd imagine if they're open to a sale Liverpool would be there or thereabouts involved in the equation given he's a player admired by Jurgen Klopp um, I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset though that that's you know it, ultimately Liverpool's best business has been done when they've pursued the one you know man they've wanted rather than panicking and you know effectively bringing in a, a player to sort of appease the fan base I, I think I'd you know I think I can understand, given you know that this was our sort of one problem area, effectively, uh, if you can call it that, uh, last season. Um, but I think we'd rather all rather see Liverpool get their top target in a year's time than just bring in a player um, that can kind of coast us through this season. Yeah, well, no, I, I think yeah, definitely you need to. You saw with Van Dijk and you saw with Alisson that we we had a player and we went out and got them. And obviously you can say similar with Nunes now. We haven't we haven't seen him kick a ball yet, as he said, so it's hard to know. And I know I, I did an article before as well and they said when he got to Benfica, they think the pressure of the price tag got to him a bit there and he was a slow starter. But I think it's it's all about getting the right person, as you say. And, you know, if you pay an extra 10, 20 mil, but you know they're the right player, then it's worth it. And, Spending fifteen million pound less than you would have spent on a Bellingham on someone who might not work out, and you you're losing your money anyway. So it's yeah, if he's the one that they want, you know, it does seem a bit of a coincidence that they won't do any business till next year, and we now suddenly are happy to wait a year. 
you know, he's only 18, isn't he, Bellingham? And you, know, you can't do all the work himself. We'd probably still have to get a couple more in over the next couple of years because of the likes of Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, Milner, all in the 30s now. So, you know, I think we're fine in the short term. Even if it gets to January, you know, you can get someone in there and you can get a midfielder or you can wait till the year after you get one or two. I think you know thirty one now isn't what thirty one was ten years ago, and those those players will be able to play fifty odd games this season. All of them injuries would be the only thing that would stop them. And you know I do think with Thiago Henderson as well, they're both not featuring much of their international teams. I think the World Cup's going to be massive this year. It depends on what legs you've got, and that that break for some players maybe not playing a lot in the World Cup or not travelling all together will help us, and we'll give them you know obviously a massive few weeks off, which will help them hit the ground running, there's not as many festive games and I think we, we should be all right and not, they won't have just thought, oh, we'll wait for a laugh, they'll have looked at all this and thought we're, we're better off if we're spending so much money on Nunes, spend a lot of money next summer and then go from there and see where we are. I think it's a big one for like Naby Keita as well, you know, his age, he's got to have a big season and we don't know what's going to happen with him and obviously like Oxley Chamberlain over the year left, there's a lot, a lot of people there who've got a lot to fight for. And you know, hopefully we I think we should be in a in a good position come January or the summer in our midfield, but no one will have to strengthen anyway. I mean we're coming off a season when where Navi Keiter has arguably had his best campaign in a Liverpool shirt, I I would say personally. Um and then you know, you look at sort of players like Harvey Elliott who started last term prior to the the injury at Ellen Road. You know, he was phenomenal. He was one of the first names on the team sheet, you would say, you know, would would have probably remained that way bar the injury. So you're looking at this being a really big season for Harvey Elliott and you don't know, I mean, Curtis Jones seems to divide a lot of fans, but there's a great deal of faith in him, you know, to play a Klopp likes and admires and like look at just the raw sort of stats seems to suggest that he's a player that could come really, really good for Liverpool um, provided that he can get that sort of consistent game time. Um, again, Fabio Cavallio, very highly rated, um, relatively unknown quantity as far as, you know, how he'll turn out in the Premier League. But every, every sort of report on him seems to suggest that he's more than ready for that transition uh, from the Championship to the English top flight. Uh, we just had a comment, another comment come through on Bellingham uh, from Mike Twilley. Uh, is Bellingham possible and is he worth the price tag? Um, I mean, I think the, the general perspective seems seems to be that he's a generational talent and if if you have the opportunity to sign him I, th- I think you'd be daft uh, not to have having said that I did I did write a piece earlier sort of suggesting um that if you know if the likes of Curtis Jones Harvey Elliott uh, Fabio Cavallo even Calvin Ramsey depending on how Liverpool deploy him um in the upcoming season for the future I mean if you're looking at those sort of young players it's really important Klopp really values giving these players time to d- develop and reach their potential and if, if these sort of really come into their own Harvey Elliott has a phenomenal season you know th- there aren't any sort of injury struggles I mean I mean Steve it's perhaps a stupid question given the quality of the player we're talking about in Jude Bellingham but if these kind of players that we already have at disposal really you know come to the fore this season and show their quality would we be doing them a disservice by bringing in a player like Jude Bellingham the, um, in the, the following summer I mean, potentially, you know, you look at the Liverpool squad and, you know, I've said previously that the defences are 10, the the attacks are 10, midfields are 9. We've added Thiago, I think it's a 9.5 now. You know, if we could have consistency with the fitness of the the midfield, I think think we'd, you know, 
having Fabinho, uh, Thiago, and then mixing up that third spot, which is, you know, typically Naby Keita or Jordan Henderson. I think, you know, Javier Leica come into that fold, Curtis Jones as well. They've got a good few options there that come into that fold. You know, got a good midfield options there, to be honest with you. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. And but in terms of you know these young players doing them in the service, I, I mean it's 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 difficult. But football is quite cutthroat, and if you're going to be at the top, you need to have the best players. And Bellingham looks like he's he's already a world class midfielder, but he looks like he's on his way, like you say, final to being this generational talent that we'll talk about, you know, for years to come. Uh, you know, he, he turned into Birmingham uh, immediately. You know, shone in Germany. He, he looks like he's going to be the next big thing uh, for the English national team. And, you know, in regards to, to Liverpool's young players, yeah, I think, you know, it could be beneficial that they do have, you know, hypothetically speaking, you know, we're talking about maybe Bellingham next summer. They've got another year to prove themselves, continue working on their craft. And, you know, with regards to, to Curtis Jones especially, but also Harvey Elliott, uh, you've got to think, if Steven Gerrard wasn't exactly a world beater when he was a teenager, so you look at Curtis Jones. I think some people like to judge him a little bit harshly sometimes. You know, Curtis Jones could come into his own this season and then become undroppable. We don't know. You know, look at Harvey Elliott when he came into the team at the beginning of the last season. Nobody expected him to step up and basically replace Van Alden, which it was looking like he was going to until he got that injury, which was you know obviously very unfortunate. But you know, I think midfield options were set. We've got that, you know, like I say, that 9, 9.5 out of 10. Add Bellingham to that mix, it's 10 out of 10. Liverpool cannot improve at that point. We're just a ridiculous squad. Um, depth would then be the big question for Liverpool. But then that's where the players like Curtis Jones might come into that mix. You know, he's the kind of player, he's a local lad, wears his heart on the sleeve. If you said to him, mate, sit on the bench, you get 10 games, Bellingham's ahead of you, he'd be like, yeah, sound. Whereas, you know, you get someone who maybe comes from a different part of the country or part of the world, and they didn't grow up eating, drinking, breathing Liverpool. You know, they might not be willing to do that. Um, so, I mean, you know, we've got to just see how it goes. You know, it's going to be a big 12 months for, for all these young players, um, you know, as it continues to be. But, yeah, it's, 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 as I said before, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Everyone seems to be saying the same thing at the minute. And it is, you know, we've got an unbelievable squad, you know, maybe lacking a little bit of depth, but, you know, aside from that, we're being linked with the right players, we're getting the right players, look at Nunes, look at Diaz, you know, it's it's a good time in, in regards to signs and stuff, as ever, only time will tell. No, absolutely, I mean, we, we, we've solved sort of one sort of key position uh, to an extent, I mean, the, the right back sort that the constant sort of criticism was that we, you know, we have superb cover for Andy Robertson in the form of Costa Sinicas, he's absolutely phenomenal, you know, became a hero with his winning penalty uh, in the FA Cup. Um, but, you know, we lack that kind of reliable figure. I mean, it's unclear whether Calvin Ramsey will be, for certain, that reliable figure on the right flank. But, you know, certainly there's every indication uh, from, you know, his performances in the Scottish Premiership. You know, he's arriving as the uh, Scottish football writer's young player of the year. So, you know, we're not getting... Yeah, we're getting a decent player there, and only time will tell in terms of how he how he develops and where the coaching staff feel his best position is, especially if they think that he's capable of playing in the midfield. That's yet another option uh, we've got to get more depth. Um, I, I mean, Pete, how do you view the sort of Bellingham situation? Do you think, as, as Steve said, is it just a matter of being sort of cutthroat and recognizing you know opportunities in the transfer market that you simply can't ignore? Yeah, well, you know, he's been linked for a while, hasn't he? And it's 
it's hard to think that we're going to be the only team in Forum next summer if you know if it is that obvious from Dortmund that they are happy to listen to the right offers. You know, but I think in terms of our midfield, as we were saying, then you know, if we if the Villa City game goes another way and we beat Real, we win the quadruple last year, and we've got exactly the same team apart from we swapped Nunes for for Mane. So the midfield shouldn't really be an issue because you know they didn't let us down last year and. I think all the the people who are entering the thirties or in the early thirties, they're not, you know, the legs aren't gone, and it's the people like that we're talking about, Kate Jones, Harvey Elliott, that are going to be a year more experienced and should be a year better off. And, and what better message to them than you know the club are looking for a centre midfielder, someone in your position next season, and they're going to spend big on one. What better message then for them to go right? Well, this could be my last chance to say you know that I'm going to nail down a first team position because. No matter what happens next year, you're going to have someone who's the club spent a lot of money on. And although Klopp likes to ease players in, they're not going to be sat on the bench all season. You know they're going to get a lot more opportunities than you are. So you've got this whole year. It's not like you've got a couple of weeks. You've got a whole year to go and grasp this opportunity and prove to the club you don't need to spend hundred mil on Jude Bellingham. You know I am the hundred mil player. I can do it and just let me have my chance. And you know as, as Steve said, there's no reason why Curtis Jones can't do that. And Probably looks more likely that Harvey Elliott could also do that because he, you know, he looks like he could be England's future. You know, he he was getting assists for fun all summer for the under twenty ones, and he's still so young. So I think, yeah, no, it's it's good that we're linked with him. I think it it does mean that he probably is slightly interested himself, and we might even be in a position where we don't need him next summer. So that, that's the message you give to all the lads, and that it can only end well because you're either going to get someone who's boss or we've got someone good enough already. So yeah, that's the that should be the plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm just realising there's a high possibility of us going off an even bigger tangent from the from the transfer window. So I'm going to steer the discussion towards the current squad as it stands because you know you're looking at the futures of players like uh, Nathaniel Phillips, uh, Nico Williams. Um, Taki Minamino, you know, there's a certain expectation with some of our players that they will leave this summer. Some others, perhaps not quite as clear. Um, so I thought, you know, well, Peter Kenny Jones came up with this idea earlier on before the podcast. I'm going to go through the Liverpool squad as it stands and decide whether to keep or sell the players, whether we think they should be kept or sold. I, I imagine there will be quite a, a fair amount of overlap, um, but it'd be Interesting just to see what our general opinions are. So I've got the squad as it stands. I mean, starting off with our number one, Alison Becker, I, I would presume uh, to be a keep, a solid keep uh, from, yeah. <laughs> from the pair of you. I'm open to one. surprises. Oh, yeah, I'll have them. I'll keep them. We'll keep them? Yeah. Steve, I'm going to take your uh, ferocious nodding to mean, yes, yes we, we, <laughs> we will keep them. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. okay, well, that leaves us then with uh, Adrian. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to say this a lot through this whole thing, and it comes down to the player themselves if they want to stay with the club. You know, if Adrian is happy playing a handful of games, I'm more than happy for him to be third choice. Absolutely. If he wants more game time elsewhere, is unhappy, get rid of him. And I think that's sort of been Jurgen Klopp's like go to. So, I mean, to put a to put a, a thing on it, I'd say I'd say keep. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think he he only played against Preston away last year, didn't he? That was the only game he got and then Keller was injured or something. So on the proviso he plays one League Cup game 
then yeah, I'm happy for him to stay. Well, <laughs> the you, you're unlikely to see the third keeper get much game time, but you, you still think you know, it's still a pretty yeah. Well, we just touch wood quite, <laughs> but it, it's still a pretty sound option. As and we, you know, we can't emphasise this more as our third keeper option because you know he gets a lot of stick, and I, I feel sometimes that people forget that he is our third and not our second um, option. Um, Keevan Kelleher. Keep him, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's, 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 it's up to him, isn't it? Because it's if he gets his head turned and wants first-team football, but 100% keep him because he looks like one for the future, doesn't he? And yeah, boss. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, these next two should be um, resoundingly sort of similar answers, I'd imagine. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, keep yeah. him. Yeah, 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 you sure? Yeah. <laughs> one more year. One more. Uh, how about Ibrahima Konate? Absolutely, keep him. Yes, yeah, great. He can stay. Absolutely, for not phenomenal performance in the Champions League final. So, absolutely, for arguably our best player um, on on the day. I'd, I'd go as far as saying. Um, here's an interesting one because it, there have been sort of repeated links uh, to other sides in the English top flight uh, around the future of Joe Gomez. Aston Villa were said to be uh, linked to the English centre-half. It was Virgil van Dijk's centre-half partner for our title-winning season, but injuries have played a part and he's fallen out of favour. Admittedly, when you're looking at the likes of Jean Matip and Canati's performances following his move from Leipzig, you, you can't sort of look at him and go, he, he's, he's fourth choice because he's poor. He's, he's purely fourth choice because simply everyone around him has been fantastic and the injuries have, have, have you know affected his, his placement in the pecking order. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, I'm going to say it now, so I'll, I'll stop saying it for every single one. But basically, <laughs> if he wants to stay, keep him. And that applies for every single player that I say, you know, get rid of whatever. If they want to stay, I want them at the club. You know what I mean? I want players fighting for the club. And, you know, I think Jürgen Klopp thinks that way. As a lot of fans do as well. It's not a novel idea, but I just want to say that's for every player. If they want to stay, I want them to stay. But, um, you know... I think keeping him round as potentially fourth choice, especially where, you know, I know Joe Matip's had a better injury record of late, but history dictates that he's not had the best injury record. Obviously, Ibu's quite young as well. So, you know, we could have some situations where we could end up relying on Joe Gomez, and he's still a quality defender. He's still quite young. He's got that right-back coverage as well, should we ever need that. He's shown the versatility. I 100% would keep him based purely on his ability. I, I, I wouldn't really see much of a benefit in getting rid of him. Been quite yeah. reliable at right back as well. I mean, you lose that kind of similar degree of attacking output. I know, I know he put in some fantastic crosses um, last season, but um, I, I'd very much imagine that Calvin Ramsey has been very much brought in as that sort of overall kind of you know player that is, is both offensively and defensively capable, rather than being sort of more weighted in one direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Van Dyke said a while ago, didn't he? Very much saw the future of our sort of centre half pairing being Joe and um, Ibrahima Kanate. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of pans out. Uh, here's one I think we'll all agree on: uh, Costas Shimikas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't ask for much more as a left back cover, can you? And we've seen a couple of links saying people are in for him, but I think it's more people are after him than he's looking elsewhere. He, he loves it, doesn't he? You know, he's the Greek scouser, and he, or the scouser who's Greek, whatever he renames himself. But he's um, yeah, he's here for a long time as well, I think, and he looks happy, and, and we're all happy with him. Absolutely, absolutely. Andy Robertson. Yeah, just keep, on, keep yeah. a move on. <laughs> There's a yeah, few of these. It's just going to just move on. Um, Joel Matip. Oh, 
Yeah, what a guy. No, Just no, try and make no. him 10 years younger and then keep him, if we could do that. Because you imagine. Yeah. No, 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 thoroughly underrated. No, no one would ever pay what Joel's worth to us, to be honest with you. Like, he, he's worth a world-class centre-half, and no one's going to pay that for him. You know, his age, his injury record. And weirdly, it only seems that Liverpool fans recognise just how good Joel Matip is. You know, on his day, best defender in the league. You know, and rival fans will hear that and, and laugh. But no, if you actually sit and watch Joel Matip, there's times where he outshines Van Dijk. He's he, he's brilliant, you know. And it's it's good that we're in a position where we've got an, enough defenders, enough world-class defenders that, you know, there's some days where Van Dijk isn't the best. But, you know, it's a great position to be in. And yeah, 100% keep Joel. Do you reckon it's one of those that um, once he retires, every, everyone will suddenly get retrospective and sort of like, you know, look back and go, oh, actually, you know what, Liverpool fans, we can kind of see where you were coming from. Um, he's actually world class. Or, or, or do you just think every, everyone's always going to have that blind spot regardless? He just looks weird, doesn't he? That's what it is. Just <laughs> get past it. It's all that money ball stuff, anyway. When you watch that and the, the people who just look mad, everyone thinks they're not very good. But then when you actually like, look at his numbers... He must have like one of the best dribble percentage of anyone in our team, never mind defender wise. And it pops up with a couple of goals towards the last year. And you know, he's, he's just funny. <laughs> so that, that's why it affects him. He just, you, you want to laugh when you look at him just because he's such a nice guy. And I think that is the tree what holds him back from everyone thinking he's the whale beater that he is. I suppose you get like if, if he looked a bit more beefy, like he was made of bricks. You know, <laughs> I think, I think you'd, you know what I mean? Like if, if he looked like Ruben Diaz, Ruben Diaz looked like. Jean Matip, do you see? Do you see what I'm? Yeah, do you see what I mean, you know, I, I argue I'd, I'd take Jean Matip, um, you know, any time over Ruben Diaz, but that's a conversation for, for another day. Um, well, I mean, this this will be. Oh no, quite sorry. One one in between. Um, actually, well, no, we'll move straight on to Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean, I'm in two minds here, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's still young, and he might need a year away on loan. I think um, yeah. I think as soon as Milner goes, I think he should get the the vice captain. That's what I reckon. And I reckon that's where he's going because he's he's going to be there forever. I'd get him tied down, and when Henderson goes, he should be the one taking the armband. So yeah, I think he's there for life, hopefully. And yeah, what a guy. We need a scouts captain, don't we? No, absolutely no slight on Jordan Henderson because he's been one one of the great Liverpool captains in the eyes of many a Liverpool fan. But I think there's something, you know, sort of quite. There's just something quite fitting about having a scouse captain, isn't there? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, not bad, is it? You know, you've got the, the fan on the pitch and then the local lad's got the armband. He's the one that lifts the trophies. It's, yeah, I mean, it's every dream for every young lad around here, isn't it? So to see that, you know, in reality on the TV, it, it's brilliant, you know. And, you know, that, that's no sort of local bias, anything like that. It's just, you know, I'm local, Pete's local, you know. We grew, we grew up this way, you know. It's just... Yeah, you love, you love to see the local lad succeed. If he gets the armband, he's living the dream that we all had when we were kids. It's it's great to see, and it's a little bit selfish, but yeah, I agree. He is really good as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that that yeah. definitely helps sweeten the deal, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Twenty three years of age, and you're looking at least at least another ten years at the you know the peak of his powers. He's not even got to the peak of his powers, which is the absolutely frightening thing about him. Um, well, here, here's another one for you, um, Fabinho. <laughs> Yeah, the one, yeah, boss. In you go, move on. <laughs> it's all like from from here from here out. I think there's a few that are, that are a bit sort of boring to talk about. Uh, Tiago, yeah, yeah, I'd have him for another year at least. 
Yeah, he can stay yeah, as long as, as long as he wants. Yeah, I mean, he's got a year left on the contract. One might imagine that'll be his last year. Um, that's James Milner. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have been wholly upset if he'd have packed his bags at the end of the season, as in, like, he was done with football. But if he played another season elsewhere, I'd have been a little bit sad about that, unless it was some sort of romantic, you know, uh, situation with Leeds or something like this. But, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously he has a lot of value behind closed doors. And when you ask him to, to play 100%, 110% effort from every single time, and he can still sort of, you know, it's with the big boys. It's not not a problem. You put James Milner in, and it's fine. You know he's he's definitely good for a few games in the season, and obviously behind closed doors, he's massively respected. So nice to see him stick around. But yeah, obviously, if he didn't have the new contract, that would be sort of in the middle. To be honest, how about Naby Keita? Naby, yeah, but he's got a year left, and he that's the tough one. It's it's the offers you get this summer. It, you haven't heard many rumours, really, have we? And you know it, stuff's happening. Transfer wise, so I know it's it's a tough one because you don't want to see him leave for nothing. And we did spend a lot of money on him, and he's probably been the the biggest signing by Klopp that hasn't worked. And not saying he's terrible, but he hasn't lived up to the to the you know, what the fanfare that we thought we were getting when when he arrived. So yeah, it's it's tough. If he wants to stay, add a couple of years on, and then I, I wouldn't be upset with that. But it, it'd be a shame to see him leave for nothing, and you know just kind of have an early career at Liverpool which would be sad for him so yeah I think he's probably the closest I'd say to sell only if you get the right price and he doesn't want to put another year on yeah I'd say the same as Pete to be honest if a good offer comes in for Naby and there's no intention to keep him you know longer than this year then yeah sell him you know get get whatever money you can reinvest in the squad I don't want to see Naby leave. You know, he has he has those games where he, he does look phenomenal. You know, I like Naby. You know, he seems really keen and stuff. And, you know, his injury record has got better, I'd say, in recent times. So, I think, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a gem of a player in there. And, he, you know, he, he's shown flashes of brilliance. You know, if he can get that consistency going, which we did see quite a bit of that this season, to be fair to him. You know, and he, he has been getting better over time. Um, so, I'd like to see him stay. But if, if, if the plan is to get rid of him next year, like Pete said, Sell him now if a good offer comes in, because losing him next summer for free would just—that just wouldn't feel good at all, to be honest. I think the medical department's been absolutely integral with, with these kinds of players that, that have struggled historically. You know, it, it, it seems that we've been able to get you know that extra sort of edge out of them with, without them breaking down in the pro- the process. I mean, Naby specifically seems to to have benefited uh, from it. Um, so I suppose it's a question of whether they feel that that season he's just had, can he replicate that over the next three to four um, years? Ideally, by the point then he's, he's 31, then you, you know, you'd you argue you're getting finally the kind of value out of him that initially we'd hoped to get from uh, when he left uh, Leipzig. Um, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll keep the captain. Bosh, yeah, keep the captain. He can stay. <laughs> got he's got a few more trophies to lift, I think, yeah, hasn't he, before he's and too right, too right. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's similar to Naby, isn't it? You know, I mean, but he, he, obviously Naby is is a lot more integral than Ox. Uh, Naby's definitely got that promise going forward. You know, if you were to give him a three-year contract, I don't think any more bat an eyelid. It'd be, yeah, Naby down for another three years, great. Ox, however, you know, if, if a half-decent offer comes in for Ox and he wants to go... 
You know, he's had a good run at the club. He's had a few highlights. Happy days, you know. He's, he's been a decent player for us. He's obviously not been that integral player that we, you know, maybe thought he could have been when we first signed him. But, you know, he's been good. Got that, got that highlight reel. He's won some trophies. You can't say it's been, you know, a, a failure of a sign. It's, it's, it's been a nice little ride with Ox. And, you know, I think I think people a lot of people talk about West Ham is potentially coming in for Ox if that happens and it's the right money. He wants to go. Thanks for all your work, Ox. And then, you know, but if we do let him leave, we do need to reinvest in midfield, even if we're bringing through one of the younger lads and reinvest elsewhere um, in midfield. But, yeah, I mean, but again, like I said before, you know, if he wants to stay, I want him to stay as well. So, but losing him for free again, like Keita, that wouldn't feel that good either. Yeah, I think I'm slightly different on on Ox. I think I, I definitely want him to stay. I don't think it's worth the money he'd get for him this year. I think he's similar. I reckon he'll have a big role in the dressing room. There'll be a lot of people who like him. And, you know, I think I've got a couple of mates here at Arsenal fans and they were saying they'd definitely take him there. And that's that's not much lower than us in the league, obviously lower in quality. But I, I think he is still Champions League quality. I don't. I think he could still play for a, a top four side. And I think for what he's probably on wages-wise, for what you'd receive for him and what he does in the dressing room, I think he's worth keeping around. And, you know, AFCON last year, he came in. I think he's got, he got two and two games. He, he was crucial playing off the right Really league. good. And, and I think he, I think he's a bit underrated and his, his injury record, I, I think I wrote an article on it, hasn't been out since like December 2020 or something with an injury and everyone seems to think he gets crippled all the time. And yeah, I just think for his, you know, his versatility and the role he has within the dressing room and he's very good when he gets given a run of games, not just like the last five minutes even there. I think I'd definitely have him. And if you've got the likes of Milner, Henderson, Thiago probably going the next couple of years, he is quite a few years younger than them. And I'd be happy for him to stay around again, like Steve said, if he's happy to stay and maybe not get that many games. But he, he's done it for a few years and hopefully he'd be happy to carry on doing so. So it depends on the kind of wages, you know, He's on. I mean, admittedly, you could be at a point where you know his, his contract expires next summer. Kaiser's contract expires next summer. Milner's unlikely to be handed another year of his contract, which means you could have as many as three midfielders going. You know, mid- midfield's going to be the priority next summer. But realistically, we probably got. You know, we, I'd argue we need one midfielder now. But if you're looking next summer, three are going potentially. I'd say you need at least two coming in, e- even if even if the youngsters we've, we've got currently perform at a high standard uh, throughout the season. Um, and here's what, well, here, here's a couple of them, of course. Uh, Curtis Jones. Yeah, definitely keep, yeah. Poss- possibly, very, I wouldn't, but possibly if a loan came in or something, you might look at giving him till January, something like that, a six-month loan, go and play for, you know, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, something like that, get a run of games, get his confidence up and then come back in flying, I'd do something like that. But, yeah, I'm more than happy for him to stay. You know, you get a lot of the cup games come and start the season. And I think, you know, he proved last year that he, he can come off the bench and, and do a role for us. I think it's when the squad gets a bit thin, we'll need him more. So maybe the start of the season won't be where we'll need him as much. But, yeah, yeah, definitely keep him. And, yeah, just hopefully he kicks on this year. I think if he gets a run of games, I, I, I could, I could, I could see him sort of keeping a place in the side. But it's very dependent on, as you say, you know, when, when the squad does thin, 
Um, I mean, you never know. We, we sort of we had this conversation with Harvey Elliott um, around this time of the year, actually, and we were all saying, "Oh, this could be quite an interesting season for him after that break." You know, that amazing season of championship with Blackburn Rovers, and he ended up starting. So, you know, anything can happen if the player impresses in pre-season. And on the topic of Harvey Elliott, of course, well, Harvey Elliott, let's go, <laughs> keep or sell. Yeah, easy that one. You know, as you say, boss start last season, really good, loves the club. He can stay. 100%. Uh, copy and paste what we said about Curtis Jones for Harvey Elliott. But obviously, Harvey Elliott, I think, has is, 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 is proved himself a little bit more than Curtis Jones. So, yeah, happy days. Um, what a what a pair of, of young um, Reds that we've got at the club there. You know, it's always nice to have, you know, diehard fans playing for the club as well. It's brilliant. Both of them, gems. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, it, it is one, you know, when we're talking about the traditional Liverpool forward line, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah tend to come up a lot for good reason. But one man who seems to not quite as often get the praise he deserves is, of course, Bobby Firmino. And his contract expires next summer. Keep or sell? Keep him in a Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I think... For whatever you get now, it's not worth getting rid of him. And if he does want to go at the end of the year, maybe go back to Brazil or whatever, he can. But yeah, as Steve said, I'm happy for him to get another year, maybe another two, and we're more than happy to see Bobby stay. Some pretty phenomenal cover you've got there, um, right? You know, in, in the centre forward, Jota for me, you know, and now, now Darwin Nunes, um, who can obviously play on the left flank as well. It's pretty. I don't think we've had that good cover for quite a while uh, in that in that position. Um, I mean, I'm going to skip over Sadio Mane uh, purely because I think it, it, it's pretty much expected he will be sold. He will be a Bayern Munich player um, by the end of of, of the summer, um, particularly if Barcelona do get their man in Robert Lewandowski. That remains to be seen, of course, but reports uh, do expect that uh, Barcelona will go hard uh, for the Poland international. Um, and I'm going to move straight on to Mo Salah. Keep or sell. His contract expires next summer. Yeah. Well, he said he wants to stay, hasn't he? And obviously we all want him to... He's, sorry, he wants to stay for the next season. We all want him to stay. It'd be horrible to see him go on a free and, and worse to see him go to a Premier League team, which, which has been rumoured. But yeah, I just... Hopefully we, we tie him down because if we've let Mane go and we spent big and it looks like this is our front three, Diaz, um, Darwin, Nunes and Salah, then yeah, defo, if we can find a way to keep him and not break the bank, then that's ideal. But just don't let him go to another Premier League club next summer is the only thing I, I want to make sure happens. I'd have to think that's a negotiating tactic. I mean, I, I think even... I think I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is just a purely sort of a biased you know, Liverpool fans sort of point. But I don't think even he would like to sort of sacrifice that relationship he has with Liverpool fans. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I think he'd be prepared to sort of sacrifice the possibility of a legendary status, but not 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 at the cost of that relationship. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, I think yeah, most Salah wants to stay. I think that's pretty clear in the way that he speaks. Obviously, he spoke fondly about other clubs in the past, but at the end of the day, if you are asked. You know, oh, you know, do you like any teams in Spain? Oh, yeah, you know, I like Real Madrid. You know, these things sort of come about, you know, in these pointed interviews, it's you know, whatever. Salah wants to stay. We know this. You can see it when he celebrates with the fans. You know he wants to stay. And for me, his ability combined with that, give him a lifetime contract. 
I want to see him stay until he can't walk anymore. Salah's an unbelievable footballer. So, yeah, stay forever. Yeah. Here's, here's one for you. Uh, Diego Jota. Uh, boss. Again, he's, he's still so young as well. Pretty I mean, easy. You know, whatever happens contract-wise, uh, Mane and Salah will be will be past it before that long before Diego Jota is, isn't he? So we've got him. He's got room to grow, and just he, if he's just patient, patient a couple of years, he could be. You know, he'll, he'll be getting loads of opportunities and loads of goals in a, in a couple of years. It's a weird one with Jota, isn't it? Because he always seems to have been forgotten about. You look at all the graphics on sort of Instagram in terms of that ideal forward line, and it's Salah, Diaz, and and Nunes. And you can understand, you know, it's a big money signing. He, he scored thirty-four goals in the uh, the Portuguese top flight uh, last season. But you look at Jota, and at, at times last season he was absolutely unplayable. You know, he was fantastic. Um, I, I do think it's a bit. Um, Harsh to a certain degree. I mean, you know, as, as a Liverpool signing, fundamentally, you, you have to earn your place, uh, regardless of how much money has been spent on you. And I don't think, you know, we should simply disregard Jota simply because a, a brand, very shiny new toy has come in. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. and I, I, we've got a boring one and an interesting one. I'll start with, the, I'll leave the interesting one to the end. Uh, Luis Diaz, I think it's fair to say, we are all very happy to keep. Um, so I'm going to finish this section on Taki Minamino, expected to leave the club. Plenty of interest. Roughly 15 million has been touted. What are we thinking? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be very gutted if he leaves, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think he's a phenomenal squad player to have. Yeah, I think it's pretty open and short. I think it's just sell. I love Taki and, you know, he's been a phenomenal player off the bench, player in the Cups. You know, he's obviously got a lot of ability. You know, he can, he can play in several positions for Liverpool. And, you know, I, based on purely ability, I'd keep him around. And, you know, I've said it a few times, like, about, you know, players that want to stay. But from, from what we're hearing, from, like, reports and insiders and stuff, it's, it's a case of that Taki is ready to leave the club. So if he's wanting to leave, then... You know, the, the time is now. You know, Taki's, you know, cemented his place as like a cup legend at the club. Uh, we'll always we'll, we'll always remember his runs in the in the League Cup and the FA Cup from last season when we, you know, we think about Taki. And, you know, we'll only remember him well. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint anyway, which I don't really care too much about football these days, neither do the authorities, it seems. But, um, you know, Taki came in on a fairly cheap deal. If we can recoup that, maybe even make a slight profit, brilliant. You know, at the end of the day, uh, like that comment just said there, we've got we've got Jurgen Klopp at the helm. At the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm not particularly worried about whatever squad he's given. I imagine he could probably pick up twenty lads in the park, and he'd make it a bit of a decent team out of that that would challenge. Um, so if we're losing a player like Taki, even though he's quality, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. Particularly, you know, it seems like he wants to leave. So. Yeah, I think he can leave in good spirits um, and no ill feeling towards Taki. Always welcome back at Anfield, a bit like David Carigi, bit a bit of a cult hero. No, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think it'd just be a, a worry if we let him go because we've basically said today, you know, we don't know if it's official and all that, but you know, the likes of Paul Drake saying that we're not going to do any more business if he is to go and, you know, we've got those five subs, it, it does seem, you know, it's hard to say we've got a, a thin strike force when we've, we've got Bobby Firmino and Jota that we're not even putting in our ideal starting lineup. But, you know, it is, you would like to have that one more man who is that versatile and, you know, he's played in midfield and across the front three for us. So, yeah, I'd say keep and 
hopefully we can convince him to at least do another year and then we can see if he really wasn't needed or if we did need him again. But, you know, we wouldn't have won the Cups last year but if it wasn't for him. And, you know, I'm more than happy to have a player of, of his standing if, if he's happy to, to play that role in the squad. I mean, do we believe the reports on, on this front? I mean, they're perfect. I mean, Paul Joyce is at, at, at the height of reliability, similarly to Neil Jones and David Maddock. Um, but, you know, we've had it before where the line coming out from the club has been no more signings, nothing's happening, there's been no movement. But as we know, of course, Liverpool tend to keep um, their business quite quiet. It's the way we want it, but it certainly makes life difficult uh, for journalists, of course. But do, do we expect that to actually be it? Or could there be a, a surprise sort of transfer down the line? I think that's what the club want you to to, to think. Um, the fans and other clubs, I think that's what they want everyone to think. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sort of doubting the, the credibility of the likes of Paul Joyce as, as as reporters, but I'd have to imagine, you know, that's what the club's told them as well. And as far as they can see, that is what's happening. At the end of the day, the club can be planning something else on a very dark whiteboard hidden in some, you know, secret room. Yeah. <laughs> There could be a plan on the board with like Bellingham's name written on it, but they might bring out if something happens. Someone offers us £20 million for Ox. All of a sudden, Bellingham starts going, you know, actually, I could go to Liverpool. Plans change, you know what I mean? But going forward, I think it's just a case of that's what the club want people to think. And as far as the club are making journalists close to the club uh, aware, that is what's going to happen. Uh, and I think if nothing changes, that, that will be what happens. I don't think the club's coming out and lying to people. But I think that is just the line the club's given at the minute. And I think, you know, the likes of Paul Joyce are accurately reporting what they've been told by their sources at the club. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's just, it. That's I think that's our standpoint now is that we don't want to do any more business. But obviously, if three of our players get entertained by big offers and want to go and play football, then you have to react to it, don't you? So I think... They're saying they're happy now with the squad, but you know we haven't sold anyone. Obviously, Mane looks like he's going to go, but we haven't got rid of anyone yet. So you would think he'd have to react if Keita, Oxley, Chamberlain, uh, Minamino all go. It'd be unlikely that we could just deal with just Adam Nunes to cover all those absentees. So it's um, yeah, I think the position is right now the the business is done. But you know they're going to keep an ear to the ground like they did with Luis Diaz and Tottenham, and they're going to see if if other people go in for Bellingham and it looks like a deal's done for them to sign next year, then we might have to try and do that if he's the man that we want and you know, whatever else it is. But yeah, I think I think it is done. But as you say, it just depends what happens until when does it close? It's September, I'm guessing. Up till then, so you've got a got a while to react. But hopefully, you know, in their minds, hopefully they won't need to. Especially if you think the sales that can be made, you're thinking um, if Liverpool get anything close to the 42.5 million uh, for Sadio Mane and fees of around 15 million has been touted for the likes of Phillips, Nico Williams, Taki Minamino, you have a situation where you could easily recoup about, you know, eight, roughly 80 million pounds alone from just those four, which, you know, then covers the upfront 64 million cost for Darwin Nunes. I, I mean, we could theorise about. The economics of the situation and then what that means for signing other players and bringing in Liverpool's interest in uh, Tishimani, which uh, we, we can go into all kinds of strands around this. But you know, ultimately, if if, if that is truly it, then I think it's, it's, it's a pretty sound window and a superb start to life as sporting director from Julian Ward. Um, 
We are going to talk, of course, about the fixture list because we now know who Liverpool will be playing first on the first day of the league season and on the last day and everything in between. But to break it all up, we have, of course, as ever, the lovely Pete Quiz. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you, thank you, Farrell. Uh, it's just a quick one today because I know we've been talking quite a bit. So it's... Um, in the theme of transfers, and I expect you to get one of these ready, obviously, from the from what the question is. But since 1976, Liverpool have broken their transfer record 16 times. Um, I will say on our most recent transfer, I will go with the combined with add-ons, so you can um, maybe get a free point out of it. But since 1976, we've broken our record 16 times. In 1976, we signed David Johnson for £200,000. So that was the that was the fee that broke the record then, and obviously, sixteen times since we have broken our transfer record. So it's just a simple back and forth. Can you name a player that Liverpool have broke the transfer record in signing? Um, I'll flip a coin. Who wants to go? Or who wants to call? I uh, shall call. Shall I get heads? Yeah. Okay, it is heads. Would you? Uh, this confirmation. Oh, there would you like to go first, or would you like Steve to go first? Uh Sure, I'll go first. Go on then. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So you basically, yeah, you've got a choice of sixteen players. All right. You just um, take it away. <laughs> uh, Christian Benteke. You've got it wrong. You've got two large, by the way. You've just lost one. Oh well, you know, may as well kick things off as we <laughs> need to go. <laughs> so one life gone. State. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll is correct. So one point to state. Farrell? Uh, Fernando Torres. Fernando Torres is correct. One point to Farrell. Back over to state. Hmm. Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk is oh, correct. It's <laughs> the obvious one. Um... Sorry, who's been said already? I'm already getting the nerves. Torres, Carroll, Van Dyke. Torres, Carroll, Van Dyke. Um, I want to say... Ian St. John? The question was from 1976. Oh, sorry, from 1976. Um, I, just, uh, I thought you were just in pardon. case you forgot Thank that. Thank you, pardon. <laughs> so that doesn't end the quiz on the third question. <laughs> Christ. Um... Well, this is awkward, isn't it? I think. It's a good job. It's a good job you've got the host in the nice. I know, I know. It's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? You know, everything just sort of straight from the brain. Um, oh goodness me, this is not coming to me. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna throw out a name which I, I think is absolutely incorrect. Um, oh, oh, oh. I would say Gibril Cissé. Correct. Oh, is it? Oh, Christ. Yes. I think you believe in yourself. Yeah. 2-2, mm. over to you, State. I think there's two players in between. There's a player that we signed around the same time as Andy Carroll, and I think it was just before, yeah, I think it was before Carroll, and I think that may have broken Torres's record. But I think I'm going to say Javier Mascherano. Wrong answer. Lost a life. Mm. Farrell? Oh, 
Um, let me think. So you had a choice of 16 people, and you've said Cissé, Tonez, Carroll, and Van Dyke. On. Hang on, wasn't uh, Stan Collymore? Stan Collymore is correct. Your good friend Stan Collymore. Oh. <laughs> Three two over to Steve. Oh, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, see, both lost a life, but got one left. A bit, a bit rough here, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got. I've got one in mind, but I, I just don't believe it. <laughs> but actually, wait. Oh, then I've got two in mind now as well. Hmm. I think he came before Van Dyke, which would make him our record sign. So I'm going to say Nabi Keita. Wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's two lives gone. And it's, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you've won final if you get uh, one more yeah. I'll get one more this is all to play for um, uh, blah, 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 blah. are you got a life to spare I, uh, John Aldridge or John Aldridge wrong answer ah oh, right This is the problem. We're not thinking too much about transfer fees. <laughs> I know, I know. We're not. We're just thinking about yeah. players. Um, I can't give you the clue because it's the, like the games on the line. I've, I've got. I've just got names in my head that I know are wrong. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, Sander Westerveld. Sander Westerveld is incorrect. But it was, it did finish 3 2 to Farrell, I believe. So you got Stan Collymore was Farrell, wasn't it? Jibble Cissé mm. was Farrell. And Fernando Torres, did you say him? What was that, Steve? I didn't say Torres. Who no. said Fernando Torres? I think I said Torres. No, yes, that, that yeah, were yours. And you Carol got Andy and, Carroll yeah. and Van Dyke, yeah. So it was 3 2 to Farrell. But I'll give you the rundown. I, I did think you were going to say it straight away. I was including Darwin Nunes with the, the two feet. Oh, were you? Oh, say, I thought we weren't. Yeah, I did oh, say okay. I was sorry, but no one said it, so no one got the easy one. It's so I'll work backwards. Um, Virgil van Dijk, 75 mil. Mo Salah, 36.9 mil. Andy Carroll, and then Steve Nelly Seddon, Luis Suarez, ah. day, but just before, 22.8 mil. Torres, 20 mil. Dribble Cissé, 14 and a half. Emil Heskey, 11 mil. I once said him. And then before, you went to Stan Collymore, who was 8.5. And then you not, never got anyone earlier than him, which is Phil Babb, 3 mil. Dean Saunders, Ian Rush, Peter Beardsley, Mark Lawrenson, Craig Johnson, and Kay Dogleash was the first one. But no worries, Farrell, you got to win. Well done. The summer tournament is heading over to you. Um, I know, yeah. I know. Thank you very much. And that has been the Peak Quiz. Not, not one of our better scores there, but uh, I'll take I'll take whatever win I can get out of that, to be honest with you. Um, now, the Premier League fixtures have been released officially. Liverpool know that they will be playing Fulham, newly promoted, 
championship winners, Fulham and Fabio Cavalius, former club, of course, on the first day on the Saturday, 6th of August at 12.30, the dreaded 12.30 kickoff. Our first five fixtures are away to Fulham, home to Crystal Palace, away to Manchester United, and then two runs of homes against Bournemouth and Newcastle. I mean, how do we feel about that? It's not a, not a horrific run of fixtures, and, you, and you'd probably rather get the new manager in... Because Ten Hag in Manchester United earlier on in the season. Yeah, I think you always want to avoid promoted clubs. That's the worry, and we've got two of them in our first four games. So I think you know that uh, that Brentford game last year, we'd have played them away at many other points. We'd have got a comfortable win, and we played them quite early on. Got a three-three draw, and you know ultimately, you know, I'm not saying that did cost us, but you know any points that we could have got would have won us the league. So you could say that that game cost us. So. It is a bit of a worry to play the Fulham who were flying last season for each score and then we'll be wanting to carry that on and Bournemouth were similar and, and tough to beat. So it's going to be, I think those two will be the harder game. I'm not saying United away isn't hard. And then obviously Newcastle, who we don't know who else they're going to buy. could be, I think on paper it looks a bit easier and it will be. But I think it is possibly good we've got that 12.30 kickoff out the way straight away because you know it won't really make much difference because there's no games before it and everything. So get that out the way, hopefully be Fulham and then we should have a semi-okay start, but I think it will be a lot more difficult than it might look on paper now. What do you make of it, Steve? There's been some complaints about um, f- fixture sort of run-ins, particularly around Champions League. Uh, there's the impression that we've been sort of a bit hard done by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never, you know, if, if, I'm never particularly bothered about fixture lists, to be honest with you, the order that teams you play, because we have to play every team anyway uh, at, at both stadiums, so I'm never that particularly bothered. I mean, I'm, I'm more bothered about later on in the season when you see the fixture congestion. That's what bothers me later on when, you know, if, if we're competing in all the Cups, that's when it becomes a problem. At the minute, it's it's really hard to judge, but I just pretty much just echo what Pete said, you know, I mean, you, it's not a bad start at all. And like you said, getting United's new manager fairly early on could be, could be quite useful as well. I mean, it could also be detrimental. They could have a new manager bounce. So, it is just a case of, like, it is just teams... And dates. I'm I'm never really too phased by them, to be honest. You see, the, I've seen a little bit of uproar that I think it's like four years on the bounce. You've got a newly uh, promoted side, and it's like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's an easy result. Like P said, um, it's 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 a bit of a difficult one a lot of the time because they're coming up, they're feeling good, they're like, right, let's make our you know name in the prem, and then it's us they're up against, um, you know, which is not ideal. It's big occasion for a lot of teams, and this this is not you know egotistical or anything, but. For a lot of these teams, the biggest game of the season is going to be playing Liverpool. Uh, the same could be said for Man City, Man United, you know, so they're going to be bang up for it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but throughout the whole season, we all play the same teams. And, you know, come the end of the year, I mean, you know, fingers crossed we're not talking about another one point or two points in, in the title. And, you know, hopefully it's decided for us before then that we've we've, we've reclaimed the title. But, um that's wishful thinking at this point. The ball's not been kicked yet, but we'll wait and see. Like, like the, you know, you can't really judge the results. I don't think too harshly. It is what it is. You know, there's no grand conspiracy. You just play the cards you dealt. No, absolutely. I think you'd certainly want to be in Liverpool, Manchester City's 
position, you know, w- w- with the world class squads that we respectively have uh, available. As you say, I'd, I'd much rather avoid another situation where we lose the title by a point. I certainly wouldn't mind winning it uh, by a point. I'd take a bite your hand off right now for it. Um, but we shall certainly see Liverpool have recruited excellently uh, in this window. There's still a lot of debate around whether we could, you know, have brought in another midfielder, but, you know, the option has to be there and Klopp tends to be patient and wait for his man. Whether that be Jude Bellingham next summer, we shall see. For now, this has been the Empire of the Cop podcast. You can like, subscribe and comment will be on YouTube and it'll be on the Substack. You can leave your comments there as well. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. We've had Steve Carson, Peter Kenny-Jones and I've been your host, Farrell Keeling. Take care. <laughs>